0: Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Welcome to Faith School. Everybody that's joining us, we know we have a lot of people in the class, and we've saved you a seat right up here in the front so I can watch you real close and see if you're getting it. Get your Bible, get something to take notes on, and uh, prepare to get answers from the Lord today. Let's pray and release our faith for this. Lord, we ask you together, for utterance, for the anointing, for the quickening. Uh, The Holy Spirit's our teacher, and He is is the anointing, is what teaches us. And so we yield ourselves to this and help us to respond and receive and understand. And we purpose to be doers, not hearers only. And we thank you for the results thereof. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. If you would go in our great textbook again, to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And let's continue talking, as we have been all week, about by faith, by faith. Hebrews 10 and 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Some translations say by, by his faith, by his or her faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but we're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Why don't you confess that out loud? Say, We are of them, we are of them that believe, that believe to, the saving of the soul. to the saving of the soul. He goes on to say, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. We see the definition of faith. As we've said before, it could be translated uh, by you know, faith is the confidence of things expected, the conviction of things not seen. He gives us the definition, and then he shows us living examples of people who did this, who had this confidence of expectation, who had this conviction of things their senses couldn't perceive. And faith works exactly the same today in your and my life. That's why we're given these words to remind us, help focus us, for if we recognize what real faith is in others, we know what to develop in ourselves. And so he mentions examples of individuals, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, and now By faith, Abraham. And we see that every one of those phrases is followed by an action. James says faith without an action is dead faith. It does no good. It produces nothing. Living faith acts. It has an action. And we're studying the actions of Abraham that revealed and demonstrated his faith. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, To go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. Obeyed. Everybody say obeyed. 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 Faith, we know faith gives like Abraham, excuse me, like Abel did. Faith walks with God like Enoch did. Faith prepares like Noah did. And faith obeys like Abraham did. Faith obeys. In fact, there are numerous New Testament scriptures that, you know, connect faith and obedience. Let me read a couple of them to you. Uh, Acts 6-7 talks about people who were obedient to the faith. Romans 1-5 talks about, uh, he said, we've received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among the nations. And Romans 16, 26, I particularly like the way it says it. It says, uh, uh, according to the commandment of the everlasting God has been made known to the nations for the obedience of faith. Say that phrase out loud, please. The obedience of faith. Faith obeys. Now... uh, like, like it said concerning Abraham, he went out not knowing where he was going. That takes trust. He obeyed without the full picture. He obeyed without a complete understanding. And you'll see so many times when people balk and your flesh will be this way if you'll let it, your unrenewed mind. Well, I can't. I can't go and I don't know. You've got, you got to tell me more. You've got to tell me the rest. And the Lord deal with you. Go over here and do this. Well, yeah, but what about the kids? And what about my job? And, and what about this? He's not going to tell you all of those details ahead of time on purpose. Because He wants to see you trust Him. Right? <laughs> he wants to, you to demonstrate that you believe he knows what he's doing and the way he's leading you and that he cares about you. And is, he, he will tolerate uh, more unbelief when you're a baby and you don't know any better. When you first start walking with him, you know, I've said some dumb things. Did you say any dumb things when you were a baby and baby Christian? And then you can be 60 years old and be a baby Christian, but... Uh, As you learn and as you see him do things in your life and answer prayers and come through for you one time, twice, a hundred times, over the course of five years, 10 years, 20 years. Well, uh, he expects more out of you. He doesn't expect a bunch of unbelieving questions when he tells you something. He expects you and I to be quicker and quicker to just say, yes, sir. Right? right. Without knowing and without understanding and without the full picture. You have to be able to trust in order to obey. And the reason why many won't obey is just a refusal to trust. Refusal. Holding on and clinging to what you know. It takes faith to turn loose of the familiar and the comfortable doesn't it? And to go into the unknown. But that's where the big stuff is. (laughs) That's where the big miracle is. That's where the glory is. It, It takes faith. Phyllis and I have done it. My wife and I have done it repeatedly. We left our home. We left our little place we had to live in. I left my hot rod and my motorcycle. <laughs> it doesn't sound like much, but it was big stuff to me at the time. Phyllis left what she had. And then, again, after we were in Tulsa and at the Bible school there for 20 years, the Lord dealt with us, leave and go to Branson. And you're like, man, it took us 20 years to get, get this established here. Well, he already knew that. <laughs> right? And in fact, at that juncture... Um, the Lord began to deal with us about going to Branson. Well, Branson's a small, relatively small place. Well, it is a small place. Population's 10,000. And um, they didn't have a good airport, and it, it not, wasn't conducive to travel, and that's what we did. You know, that was the only thing we did at that point. And, and so uh, I was vacillating, I was wavering a little bit. I was thinking, are we really going to do this? And is the Lord really. And, and you know, when you, flesh didn't want to do something, uh, you can do mental gymnastics to try to avoid it and of course the enemy will say you you really sure that's god that may not be god you know it may not be you sure that's god you sure that's god and questioning what you know in your spirit will lead to confusion but i was again thinking how is that going to work how is that going to work i mean don't even don't even have a really good place to fly in and out and and we don't know anybody and we're starting, we just got this done here. And finally, the uh, one morning the Lord said to me, he said, Keith, do you believe, I don't mean heard a voice, but inside, he said, Keith, do you believe I'm able to do better for you than this? I said, yes, I do, Lord. And so I, I said, that's it. I'm done. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. And so we sold stuff and we packed up and... We had a nice house in a nice place, but we we sold it and moved into a little rent house, and the water didn't work very good in. And, and uh, uh, we talked about this on yesterday. To follow the plan of God in your heart, you got to always live in a tent, yes. That's right. Right? That's right? Ready to strike that tent and pack up and move. And uh, we weren't there in Branson. But just a few weeks, and the Lord spoke to me again. Now we've obeyed Him. He said, I'm going to give you the best of Branson. Praise God. I told the staff, we shouted over it, and it took a few years They built us a brand new airport there. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. The the Lord gave Phyllis and I a better house and a place there on the lake that we never had. He gave us eventually, we relocated the church now. We got 70 something acres right on the strip with the big sign and with everybody else on the strip. He has given us the best of Branson. We would have missed all of that if we had clung to the comfortable, the familiar. Well, it's taken us 20 years to get here and build this. It ain't as big as you think (laughs) what you've got built up. God can do bigger. How many believe what he told me? He He said, Keith, do you believe I can do for you better than this? I said, yes, I do. Can you see I made a choice. And Phyllis and I made a choice to believe him, to trust him, enough to obey. obey Him and liquidate, pack up, relocate, and you'll find as you follow the Lord, ever so often, you'll have to do it again. Yeah. You'll need to do it again. It'll require another level of commitment. It'll require another level of trust and another level and measure of obedience, And if you stop anywhere along the way, he won't make you. He'll let you sit there and be comfortable. But after a while, you'll get frustrated and you'll go, it just seems like there should be more. Well, there should be more. There's supposed to be more. You're supposed to be moving, right? You should listen to him back there three years ago. This is why so many people are bored and frustrated because they haven't listened to him. He told them something to do. But they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't obey him. And it's because of lack of trust. Lack of trust. It said, he went out, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was going. Can you do that? We, we were seeing on uh, yesterday's class about how the spirit of faith, you can be troubled, but you don't have to be upset you can be perplexed. You don't have to be distressed. You don't have to be in despair. Uh, even though everything's not perfect, and when is everything perfect in this life? There's always something around you or in people's lives, round about you, that's not right. It's not what it should be. You can focus on that. You can get negative. You can get down. Or you can not trouble your head about it. <laughs> People think, well, you just you're acting naive. You're like, act- no, that's really smart to obey the Lord and cast your care over on Him and just trust that no matter what other people do, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what the enemy tries to do, I'm gonna follow God Amen. all the way Amen. and He will take care of the rest. Amen. How many believe He will take care Amen. of the rest? Did he take care of the rest for Abraham? I mean, all kind of stuff happened on his sojourning, right? I mean, there was twice that kings took his wife. You remember that? Boy, she must have been a looker, huh? She must have been pretty. And uh, twice God got her back to him, unharmed, untouched, And they went away with a lot more money and stuff. (laughs) The kings just kept giving them all this stuff. But I'm sure it felt a bit traumatic when they were taking her out of the house or the tent to, uh, to the palace, you know. But if we'll trust God and we can say, I'm obeying him. I'm doing what he told me to do. He will take care of the rest. And it's that confidence in trust in him and conviction in Him that allows us to obey Him and not worry. I know the first, uh, when I was in Bible school, the first mission trip I ever went on, they uh, the school cor- um, was working in correspondence with a, m- a mission group that was in Central America. And uh, they said if you wanted to come as students, you could sign up, you could pay, it cost thousands of dollars to go for, I think it was two weeks. Or- so, and uh, I didn't even consider going because I didn't have the money. I mean, it's taken all the faith. We had to put gas in the vehicle just to get back and forth to work and school, that kind of thing. I didn't even consider it, but eventually the Lord dealt with me, go go to the meeting. I thought, well, maybe I'm just supposed to learn something in the meeting. Then when, when the meeting was transpiring, ending, they said, passed around the sheet to sign up to go. The Lord prompted me, sign up and go. I thought, I can't go. <laughs> he, he prompted me strong, sign up. And, and so I did all, almost without thinking. I just signed it. Then I thought, what did I do? What did I do? It's just going to be embarrassing for me to have to come back. Well, over the course of the next weeks, the Lord did it. He brought in part of it. Then he brought in half of it. And just days before the time, he brought in the rest. And so I went. And I was with this group. And uh, we were there just a few days. And there was a military coup in the government. Part of the folks in one of the forts jumped over the wall, started shooting at the guys on the inside. Tanks came and surrounded the capitol building. You could feel the fear in the streets. I mean, I woke up that night and I heard popping in the streets and I thought, who's shooting firecrackers (laughs) out here at 1 o'clock? It wasn't firecrackers. It was automatic weapons. And I, I wasn't used to that growing up where I grew up. But something that has stuck with me when this happened and everybody tried to rush back to the mission compound. Nobody had to ask people to come pray. They were, <laughs> they, they were all there. They were in the floor of prayer. And the leader of that, uh, that mission group, he stood up and he said, uh, how many of you? are confident that the Lord directed you to come here on this mission trip." Well, man, I could stick both hands up. I mean, it wasn't my, wasn't my idea at all to come on this trip. I knew that I'm there by the direction of the Lord. He said, if you're here by the direction of the Lord in the will of God, you're much safer here than you would be at home or wherever else you think you ought to be out of the will of God, That's right? right? I mean, out of the will of God, at the safest neighborhood in the country, you can hit, get hit by a bus crossing the street, I mean, right? There's all, all, all kinds of things that could happen without God's protection. And it was so real to me in that moment when he said that, that yes, uh, even though there is such turmoil and chaos, people shooting at each other uh, and firing down in the street, I am safe because I'm doing what He told me to do. Right. And I don't have to trouble my mind. In fact, I told you, you know, that night I was asleep. I was sound asleep when the popping woke me up. And, and I, I got up and I thought, who's shooting firecrackers? And I took a drink of water and then realized, oh, that ain't firecrackers. But it wasn't 15 minutes. I went back to sleep. That's the peace of God. Yes. Why? Well, am I in His will or not? Can He protect me or not? Is it true, if you're doing what He told you to do? Now, if you're not, that's another situation. But if you're doing what He told you to do, He is able to take care of the rest. Yes. To ta- Didn't the Scripture say His angels have been given charge concerning you? I like this phrase, to keep you in all your ways. Isn't that another way of saying he's He can take care of the rest everything else. You'll see this in Scripture in passage after passage. It says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured and destroyed. The most dangerous place to be is not in a war zone. The most dangerous place on earth (laughs) is out of the will of God. We should be afraid to disobey God. I know some folks don't like the sound of that. I'm not talking about afraid of what God would do to you. Afraid to be in a place without his protection. Huh? That's a dangerous place. Not just a geographic place. No. How about you? I've made up my mind. I want to obey God. I want want to get in and I want to stay in. The perfect will of God. If we will follow him and obey him, we'll experience good things. Faith obeys. Listen to Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, this is Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. You like the sound of that? Yes. Yeah. But, there's a verse comes after that, <laughs> but <laughs> if they obey not, it's a dangerous place, man. They'll perish by the sword and die without knowledge. And one of the, one of the applications of that is they won't even know why this is happening to them. They'll be cut off. And, and because the enemy's that way, he tries to get you to forget and not be able to connect everything. People disobey God. They get out of the will of God, things get bad, then they get worse and fake people are going, why, why, why is it so hard? Why is it so bad? And the enemy does his best to get you to not connect what's going on now with the disobedience back here, but they are connected. Anytime we're not experiencing the will of God and we keep seeing the enemy be able to work and work and work and just still kill and destroy unchecked, we need to do some serious seeking God, right? And say, hey, where, where did we miss it? Did we not listen to him somewhere? And if you'll be honest, he'll bring it to your remembrance. He'll help you to see it. And again and again, you realize it's not his fault. I didn't listen. I should have paid attention. I should have done that when He told me to do it, and then we could have been spared all of this and missed all this. But I like that first part, if they obey. How many want to be on that part? Not not if they disobey, if they obey. Sign me up for the first one. If they obey and serve Him, what will happen? Man, this sounds like a good life, don't it? They'll spend their days in prosperity. And their years in pleasures. Oh, praise God. We ought to just lift a hand and thank God for that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the ability, for the opportunity to obey you. To be willing. To be obedient. To obey. To obey. I want you to listen to what God said about Abraham And realize, this is amazing. One of the reasons why you and I can have faith school and talk about faith is because Abraham obeyed God. And we don't realize how long ago we're talking. Genesis 12 is a long time ago. (laughs) Long, long, long. We're talking about millennia. Thousands and thousands of years ago, this happened. And the Bible said in Genesis 15, verse 1, Amplified, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, Fear not, Abram. I'm your shield, your abundant compensation. Your reward will be exceeding great. And when, when he took him out and showed him the stars, it said, Abraham believed in the Lord and trusted Him and relied on Him, and it was counted to Him as righteousness. Now, Genesis 22, this is later, obviously, the Lord said, verse 16, by myself I've sworn, said the Lord, because you've done this thing and hadn't withheld your son from me. That's when he offered Isaac. We'll talk about that later. He said, in blessing, I'm going to bless you. Multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. Verse 18, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Jesus is that seed. Hmm? You and I believe on him. Why? Because Abraham obeyed God's voice millennia ago. Oh, come on, can you see this? One thing led to another, led to another, led to another, but it all goes back. Can you see why he's called the friend of God? Here's a man, unlike almost any, well, unlike any other man, on the face of the earth, who would obey God unquestioningly, who would do what he told him, without any evidence to confirm it, would do it without even troubling his mind. Do it happy. Do it glad. How many believe they sang as they left town? (laughs) Not knowing where they're going. Right? And that faith is contagious. It must have got off on Sarah because she's got her own verse in Hebrews 11. Right? right? It must have got off on the people that were with him. It even got off on the livestock. Yeah. Right? They're a happy, blessed bunch, and they had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of challenges, but God took care of everything. Amen. Right? Yes. Because he obeyed God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Lord, I Lord, I will obey you. I don't have to understand. I'll do, it gladly. I'll do it gladly, and you, you will take care of the rest. We'll of the rest. Praise, God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, that's it. Sure enjoyed being with you. We'll see you next time in Faith School. Hello. I sure have enjoyed being in Faith School all this week with you. And I just want to say thank you to all of our partners and friends that are so strong to help. Uh, Keep this uh, underwritten and and going. I wanted to remind you of what Abraham did concerning his provision when it came time for him to offer Isaac. And Isaac said, well, Father, here's the fire, here's the wood, but where's the sacrifice? He said, verse 8, he said, my son God will provide. Genesis 22, 8. And then after that he had provided that ram in the bush, he said, He called that place Jehovah-Jireh. He said, in the mount of the Lord, it'll be seen. It'll be seen how the Lord provides. Uh, We should trust Jehovah-Jireh just like Abraham, and you can. When he deals with you to obey him, including sowing, then uh, you want to trust him that he already has seen what you need ahead of time and has provided the supply. If you want to become a part of Faith School and a part of sowing into it, you can become a partner today as well. Uh, There's information on your screen. And when you do so, don't just uh, do it uh, mechanically, but release faith and say, the Lord already knows what I need. He's already seen and provided the supply. Say it out loud with me. The Lord will provide. Hallelujah. The Lord will provide. He has He does, He will. Again, thank you so much for joining us in faith. And join us again next week for more Faith School. We're going up from grace to grace, faith to faith, glory to glory by the Spirit of the living God.